Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Bear Market. So just to give myself a brief introduction and just an introduction for this series, I'm going to be focused on the Chicago Bears and you know the analytical statistics side of it first. You know, as a homer, I've been a diehard Bears fan my whole life. We'll get into some of the emotions, some of the fan reactions, you know, that kind of stuff. But first and foremost, I want to focus on stats, numbers, etc. You know, if you're looking for a podcast where we break down whether this cornerback is more suited for a man versus zone scheme, I might not be your guy. I'll try to dabble in it, but I'll be primarily focused on the numbers and how they impact the Chicago Bears. So that being said, let's jump into our first topic, which is the first set of major moves made by uh, new general manager Ryan Poles. The Khalil Mack trade and release of some key players that were, you know, frankly, I was I was fans of in 2018 onwards and really grew attached to them. But now they're gone. So first off, the Khalil Mack trade. I saw people were kind of disappointed in the return two and a six, but I'm most fans may have seen it by now. Actually, it was a greater return than what the Broncos got for Von Miller, a two and a three. So how this works is I'm sure you're familiar with the trade value chart. The Bears' return turned out to be greater than the two and a three just because of the positioning of the second round pick. So the Chargers didn't make the playoffs first half of the second round, whereas the Rams won the Super Bowl, obviously. Pick 64. So those pick 64 and whatever, the last pick of the third round, the value happened to be less than the pick 48, I believe, that the Bears got for Khalil Mack. So this trade, we see a very clear indication from Ryan Poles that he's not happy with the cap situation left by Ryan Pace. We're paying almost $30 million in cap space to an aging pass rusher. Don't get me wrong, I love Khalil Mack, but the fact is he played half the season last year. And then 2019 and 2020, it was very clear that injuries were hampering his production. So overall, I like the move. You're not going to get a ton of value for a contract of that size. So I want Bears fans to understand this. If we were coming in from the other side and we gave up a first round pick for uh, any player that was on the wrong side of 30 who would have 20 plus million dollar cap hit for the next three years, I don't think we'd be too happy with that. So So just to set the market on that, I believe Polls did a great job getting a top 50 pick. You know, you can you can get some day you can definitely get day one starters and all all pro type players in those top 50 picks. And we'll see. We'll see what he does from that. But overall the return is good. Uh having the having the Chargers eat that whole contract was very good. And so I like the trade. I am excited to see what Polls can do with um some an additional day two pick. And, you know, the Bears really need those because Ryan Pace did not leave uh, Poles with a lot of draft capital. Poles saw that as an issue, saw that Khalil Mack still has this good value. You know, I think people kind of get skewed playing Madden, but getting a second round pick is not easy in the NFL nowadays in a trade. Now, I know the Russell Wilson trade happened, but he's a quarterback. That's different. But for a pass rusher, it's, it's kind of difficult. So I'm excited for this trade, excited for what happened. Uh, Paul's what he's going to do with this pick. Now, moving on, we saw some key cuts to three players that fans who were here for 2018 uh, knew dearly and will miss them. So, Tariq Cohen, Eddie Goldman, and Danny Trevathan. I think the Trevathan cut is not official yet, 
because he will have to be designated as a June post June first cut. But I think the writing was on the wall for a long time. Uh, I think Bear fans, even at the time that Trevathan signed his extension, knew it probably wasn't the best deal. Probably was exemplary of why Pace was fired in the first place. But Trevathan's gone. That I think that that deal is a no-brainer. Don't need to say much more about it. We get a little cap savings this year. Uh, his contract was slated to be over after this, this next year anyways. Um, so, And I think that 2 or $3 million that you save by cutting him can definitely go to a better player in free agency. Now next up is Tariq Cohen. It's very unfortunate what his story arc has been after signing that extension. I'm glad that he got his second contract because he definitely deserved it um, as a player. Um, and his output. I don't know if he deserved the seven million plus dollars uh, just going off the running back market, but as a person, as a player, I'm happy. To, I was happy to see him get that extension. But new regime comes in, reevaluates, and obviously for a speedy running back who really relies on agility, burst, having the ACL injury, not playing for a whole season afterwards, not the best situation. And I'm sad to see Tariq go, but this is another move that uh, I think fans kind of saw writing on the wall once uh, Pace was fired. And I wish him the best. I will always root for him. Great player, great hands, made some absurd catches while he was a member of the Bears, but he will be moving on. Finally, Eddie Goldman, I think, this contract that <laughs> Goldman has, and I got the three players I just mentioned, it's just, just absurd how much impact that this will have on our cap. Uh, if I can pull up the numbers really quickly. So this this season we save oh, it's about six and a half million dollars. But the absurd thing is next season we're out we're getting eleven million dollars in cap savings. And you know, I like Goldman. You know, we always love the homegrown defensive player. First few years he was here, uh up till his extension. We saw like a great run stuffer, obviously. Goldman was very underrated in his pass rushing skills, and I think that's why he got the extension of eleven million dollars a year. Clearly, uh, has um, the year off of, uh, for COVID, I respect the decision, but clearly that year off, he lost a step, maybe lost some motivation, uh, and now uh, is going to be looking for a new team. So I think overall, these three moves, emotionally kind of tough, but I think as a Bear fan who, you know, if you analyze the cap space and these contracts, kind of knew that these moves were coming. So I think next is uh, honestly talking about a few more potential cuts that we might see coming up uh, that might surprise Bear fans. Because I think these these three cuts, uh, polls, I think, probably from the first week he was here, knew that these were going to happen. Uh, but I think now is some deliberation. Um, so you, you always have those surprise uh, camp cuts. Um, I think one major candidate is Cody Whitehair, I think. Holds is going to hold on to white hair and for the, at least for free agency and draft see see how the chips fall see if he can get an adequate uh, offensive line upgrade that that he um, sees is good for his uh, mold and good for his uh you know uh, Paul has mentioned that he's looking for lean athletic linemen white hair uh, and i don't know if he's very above average at <laughs> any sort of you know, uh, archetype right now, um, just hit 30, kind of been up and down the past few seasons. Obviously, before um, he signed his, on his first contract, he was very above average, um, but kind of seeing that play falling off now. So 
if Cody Whitehair is designated as a post-June 1st cut, then we'll see his cap savings of $8 million. And, you know, that's not so much, that's not, uh, we're not seeing a Goldman situation where, wow, like, oh, this, this cut will, you know, there's no way that um, Eddie Goldman was worth $11 million in cap savings, you know? In, uh, average to above average interior lineman, uh, which I, I think Cody Whitehair can be an average interior lineman. That's definitely worth the... $8 million savings and $12 million cap cap number. So we'll have to see what Poles does. But even though, like I said, that cap number is not the worst thing in the world. And if he plays up to his potential, it will be worth it. But, you know, Poles probably doesn't see Whitehair as one of his guys that fits his mold. And if he can bring someone in who better will fit the scheme, fit the mold that he's seeing, then I would not be surprised to see Whitehair uh, looking for a new team. Uh, after all the chips settle in the offseason. Now, uh, we let's move on to a little more exciting topic, uh, free agency. It's always a exciting time of the year to see if your favorite team can get a few new exciting players. It's always, it's always fun to see um, these players that you've been facing off against uh, every week come to, come to your favorite team and do the same. Uh, great things for your team. So... Um, I think just to just to start off the discussion, I know that Bears fans on social media are all about let's get DJ Chark, and then before that it was just, let's get Amari Cooper, and before that it was let's get Chris Godwin, and before that it was let's get Devonte Adams, you know. And I, I've seen a few very very hilariously awarded uh, tweets uh, talking about. Oh, I know. Ryan Poles has said uh, he's going to build through the draft and be smart with his money. But Amari Cooper, it's a last, uh, you know, is, is is something that Justin Fields needs. The Bears will take the next step with Amari Cooper. <laughs> uh, and, you know, DJ Chark is probably going to be the next target of these kind of ultimatum uh, discussions of the Bears' successful hinge on whether they get DJ Chark or not. I know that social media is tailored towards these kind of hyperbolic statements. I know I shouldn't read too much into them, but at the same time, they do still frustrate me because, you know, I'm not saying that Ryan Poles is 100% not going to sign DJ Chark, but I think people sometimes lose the big picture when they talk about these things. So what I mean by this is that, so kind of let's let's run down the wide receiver uh, pool really quick. I'm not going to do this for every position. I just I just wanted to run down this to give an example of what I'm trying to talk about. So let's see. The first, uh, obviously, the most impactful potential free agent was Devontae Adams' franchise. So he's off the market. Um, Mike Williams, re-signed, off the market. Amari Cooper, traded to the Browns, off the market. Chris Godwin, franchised, off the market. Okay, so remaining names include DJ Chark. Odell Beckham Jr., Christian Kirk, uh, Allen Robinson, and Juju Smith-Schuster. So, Bear fans, when you're clamoring for DJ Chark as the target that Ryan Poles needs to get right now, you're talking about basically one of the top three wide receivers in the market right now. And I think a lot of people, if you said that DJ Chark is their number one wide receiver in the market right now, 
That's not a controversial statement. So let's take a step back and think about how the number one wide receiver on the market will probably get paid. You know, I would not be surprised if DJ Chark gets somewhere in the 15 to 20 million dollar per year range if ryan poles wanted to pay a wide receiver in that money range you know probably re-signing Allen robinson would have been a better move i am not comfortable with giving that kind of money to dj chark or christian kirk because i know dj chark has had flashes he's put up numbers of wide receiver one numbers but Allen robinson is still only 29 years old we know that uh, his play style will probably age pretty well. We've seen it with uh, Brandon Marshall, for example, perform well into sturdies, other possession wide receivers. We we know that skill set can age well. So I'm just saying that since the Bears did not retag Allen Robinson or look for any kind of contract extension, I'm highly doubting that uh, the Bears will go for DJ Chark. Now, even Christian Kirk will probably push $15 million per year. I know there's been some rumors online about the Bears having interest in Christian Kirk. I'm I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical that Poles is going to kind of deal out this kind of money. All right, so um, let's move on to a little more general uh, free agency recap. Uh, I already kind of talked about the wide receiver room. Uh, Bears definitely need upgrades there. And I know that's why that the the uh kind of the fandom has been fo- hyper focused on the wide receivers because we have Darno Mooney and pretty much no one else. So I completely understand, but I just wanted to include that to just give give everyone a little bit of perspective on the situation right now. Um but yeah, moving on to uh free agents class in general, I think. I'll be very, very, very shocked if Poles lets James Daniels go in free agency. Now, I know there's this kind of um, understanding that Poles really did not like the Bears offensive line that he was uh, inheriting. And I understand that. Like, he probably did not like how Jermaine Effetti played very soft. Probably did not enjoy Cody Whitehair's play too much. And there's been some rumblings that he has not enjoyed James Daniels' play. But... You know, James Daniels has shown that he can be an average to above average offensive lineman. He's 24 years old and he's played for four years already. That kind of youth and experience is going to be hard to uh, get on the free agency market, let alone in the draft. You know, you're not going to find a lot of 20-year-olds coming out of the draft. But James Daniels was one of those, those guards and he has played... Uh, pretty well and has shown potential to be a a good to elite guard so i think that's going to be hard to let go we'll see if the relationship between the team and the player is okay but i think if if it is and daniels is a um, willing to re-sign with the bears then i think polls will get it done now this is what i mentioned earlier about white hair that that comes in really big now because james daniels is projected to get around uh 10 plus million dollars a year which is a, a big chunk but i think it's worth it for an interior lineman who has the potential to elevate his game throughout his contract and that you um, that's in free agency you know you're very often paying for the first few years of that contract and you're going to expect some drop down because obviously these players have had four plus years of experience and you know nfl the careers are short right but for james daniels it's not unreasonable to expect improvement throughout his contract so like i said cody whitehair post june first uh, cut a plus eight plus million dollars in cap savings now I don't think it's the best formula to tie up 20 plus million dollars into uh, your starting guards. 
But if we do re-sign Daniels and have to cut Whitehair as a result, I would be more than okay with that. Um, not only because they're probably going to get very similar contracts. And at this moment, I would much 100, 100 times out of 100 pay James Daniels $11 million per year over Cody Whitehair. And I know uh, uh, people have a little bit more to talk about with uh, offensive linemen. I want to keep it short. I will touch on Brian Allen. Um, I love the fit, obviously. Um, Allen's a great center. He, I would love to have him on the Bears, and I can see a scenario where the Bears do sign him. A little bit, uh, a little bit more likely than DJ Chark, in my opinion. But another thing to keep in mind is, is that you know, on the market, he's probably one or two on the market as well. Like I know that a lot of people uh, have been. A lot of people might view Ryan Jensen as the the strongest center on the market, and that's completely fair. But if you consider age, which free agency market very often puts a high emphasis, high emphasis on, Brian Allen's 26, Ryan Jensen's 31. So I don't think it would be very unreasonable to say that Brian Allen will get the bigger contract. And I'm not sure, again, if Poles is going to go for the first wave big contract guys. Would I like to have Brian Allen? Of course. Is he a scheme fit? It seems like it, yeah. But I think a much more reasonable target is maybe Evan Brown from the Lions. Stepped in after Frank Ragnow got injured. Did a uh, did a serviceable job. Now moving on to defense. Um, I think also similarly, uh, people expecting big defensive splash signings are going to be in for a surprise. Like we're not only going off of Poles' general philosophy of trying to keep it light, you know, not signing day one free agents for big contracts, but we're kind of seeing a shift in philosophy from spending big on defense uh, with this Khalil Mack trade, Eddie Goldman release, uh, Danny Trevathan. You know, in the modern NFL, we've seen that offense is the key to winning uh, playoff games, winning championships, being good in the regular season. Poles understands that coming from Kansas City. Eberflus understands that. He was famous for feeling good defenses, above average defenses, with not that much to work with. Not big splash signings, uh, no big trades, you know, kind of day two, uh, wait, the second wave, you know, UDFAs, uh, late round draft picks turned into starters. That's what Eberflus is known for in Indianapolis. And I wouldn't be surprised if Eberflus told Poles. I'm confident in my ability to field a good defense with minimal investment. Get Justin weapons, get him protected, and we'll win games. So let's, for example, look at J.C. Jackson. Great cornerback. Bears will not sign him. You already have a second-round investment in Jalen Johnson. I know Bears fans will not want to see Kendall Vildor for much more. I don't think Ryan Poles does either. I don't think Matt Eberflus does either. Maybe... Kendall Wildor is someone that they like. And if they try to mount, you know, I'm going to be way more confident in Matt Eberflus's ability to evaluate that kind of talent than I was in Ryan Pace uh, to evaluate that, you know, because I'm sure Sean Desai had some input and in personnel. But I would be surprised if, you know, he had that much because, you know, Ryan Pace probably um, saw, I mean, I'm almost 10 years into my general manager job. Your first year uh, defense coordinator probably out- outruled him there. But now Eberflus comes in. I'm sure it seemed like Poles values Eberflus's opinion and experience. 
So if Eberflus gives him the sign off, he's probably going to try them out, right? And that's the difference you see here in this new regime. Hopefully, we can spend around Justin, give him good pieces, and, you know, I don't think we're going to be signing Travis Ward, JC Jackson, uh, and, or even across from Eddie Jackson. I don't think that it's in the organization's new philosophy to sign a big money uh, safety next to Eddie Jackson, especially because Eddie Jackson already has a big contract, you know? He has a big safety contract. It's up for debate if he's been worth it so far. But either way, if they do keep Eddie Jackson, which uh, I have not mentioned yet, but it's not 100% set in stone. I think they will because uh, I think it's kind of been known that Jackson is kind of the glue glue guy back there. A lot falls apart when he's out. I think we saw that kind of last year when he was injured, even though, you know, the missed tackles, the blown coverages kind of, you know, it's not the best thing to see, but overall, you could tell that the Bears defense was better with Jackson on the field than when he was off the field, right? So I think they'll keep Jackson, um, but, you know, don't don't expect um, too much investment in the defense. Like, don't expect to have Bobby Wagner across from Roquan, even though that'd be great to see. Wagner's 32 years old. He's probably going to cost a good chunk of change, chunk of change, you know? <laughs> Poles is not going to do that. One area I do see potential investment that polls would do is uh, interior defense linemen because the Bears are right thin there right now. You have Akeem Hicks coming off contract, Blom Nichols coming off contract. Don't have too much there. We have Tonga and Blackson potentially. I don't know where he's really going to fit in. Probably D tackle, I'm assuming, in this new scheme. But Iberflus um, really values that position, three technique position to rush the passer don't really have that kind of player on the roster right now so if there's one position on the defense that i do see the bears putting some money in it's d tackle this could be also done through the draft but you know in terms of free agency that's the one position i could see all right i think uh we have reached the end of my free agency section i don't have much else to say i'm excited to see what polls uh does over the next few days i think it'll really illuminate if polls will walk the talk you know he's given us a very clear philosophy of what he values in free agency from the time he he's uh in the times he's spoken since getting hired we know that he's probably this year not going to go for big money guys you know the the headliners splash signings he's going to go for the, the second wave third wave players who will make for low-end starters hopefully or, you know, depth, depth pieces who will play a big role, you know. Those signings are very important on a winning team. So I'm excited to see if, if polls can hit on those. Uh, I'm fortunate also that I'm recording this podcast a few hours after Tom Brady officially unretired. <laughs> you know, I never thought that I would kind of, this would happen so soon, to be honest. I know there were rumblings that Tom Brady might unretire. Um, and knowing just the kind of person he is. Uh, through the media i always kind of thought that this would be outside um chance you know kind of the rumors kind of floating around right kind of saw it with drew Brees, those rumors that he might come back but i never expected it to be you know it's literally two months after he officially retired <laughs> the only thing i could say is uh he's crazy couldn't stay retired for more than 60 days but you know in terms of uh big picture in terms of how it affects the bears I think you have a little more top-end talent and the uh, quarterback talent in the NFC now. That's kind of lacking after he retired. 
and Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos. Because, you know, let's let's just quickly run down the the divisions. Uh, in the north, you have Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins, maybe. Yeah, I know he did sign an extension, but the maybe means... <laughs> I don't know if we can categorize him as, uh, you know, a threat, right? Uh, moving on to the east, you have Dak Prescott. Not much else there, too. Maybe Jalen Hurts takes a step. Can't bank on that. Um, South, you have Tom Brady now, obviously. Carolina's a mess. New Orleans is a mess. Matt Ryan's 100 years old, you know. That's just Tom Brady's division to take. In the West, you have a little more talent. You have Murray and uh, Stafford. But, you know, if Lance doesn't, you can't really expect him to blow up the the, the, the league next year. So I, I understand why uh, Brady came back. Path to a division title and potentially a bye is, you know, pretty clear. Pretty clear because, you know, that that NFC South division is looking really, really, really rough. And I know Arthur Smith got the Falcons to play hard for him last year, but in terms of talent, it was really lacking. And there's no indications that it will change, to be honest. You know, I know offseason, anything can happen, but not feeling too hopeful about that so yeah it's it's a seismic shift i guess a reshift because there's a shift when he retired in the first place uh but yeah it'll be interesting to see so uh, finally uh born and raised uh chicago um i would like to end every podcast with a little just a few minutes uh, talking about what's going on in the chicago sports world so for start off the bulls uh, Alex Caruso came back uh, yesterday. So immediate impact, four steals, held the Cavs under 100 points. I I know that the the Bulls kind of were had a lot of national hype uh, when they got some high profile wins early in the season. Uh, for some reason, the national media saw the Bulls as a play in team even after you know taking a squad that was kind of. It was 11th place uh, last year, and then adding the Rosen Ball Caruso to this team somehow will only <laughs> give them uh, around five wins somehow. But uh, I mean, Bulls fans knew uh, they would be competing for a top four seed in the East, and and here we are. So I'm excited to see uh, Ball and uh, Williams come back. They'll be huge for this team. Um, and I mean, to be honest, before before Ball and Caruso went out, they were they were playing like they deserve to be both of them individually on the all defensive roster. And Caruso, honestly, was playing if he if he kept up a full season of his play that he was showing uh, in the first uh, whatever um half of the season that he was doing that would have been that would have put him in contention for defensive player of the year and i fully believe that and we we kind of saw this yesterday this this guy this man was out for 68 weeks after um the grayson allen uh dirty play and immediately comes back with four steals and holding uh calves to under 100 points so i'm, I'm very excited to see uh, how the bulls can finish off their season i think ball is uh, still a couple weeks away um I hope he doesn't rush back and it's kind of things are kind of flimsy with Zach Levine right now uh, with his knee kind of game to game seeing where he's at right he it seems like some games he's playing through a lot of pain other games he seems pain free and you know this is gonna be it seems like it's gonna be a situation that's gonna last for the rest of the season until he can get some rest or surgery on it so i hope that since uh, lonzo set out for this time got surgery now when he's when he's able to come back uh, in the next few weeks they'll be 100 percent healthy so that's what i'm hoping 
in terms of uh, other news, uh, baseball is back. I think uh, the Cubs and the White Sox are going to play each other in spring training to kick, kick that off. Uh, in terms of the White Sox, it uh, seems like they made a few uh, signings for role players. Uh, I'm a Cubs fan, so I know a little bit more about them. I know the Carlos uh, Correa rumors have been swirling around the Cubs uh, since the lockout ended. The signing makes a lot of sense to me. Cubs payroll is low as it's been in many years. And, you know, honestly, uh, I looked through the depth chart today, position players. And it's it's really not looking too hot, you know. Like the only only real like oh wow, uh, I'm kind of excited to see where you go is uh, you know Ian Happ, Nick Madrigal, Nico Horner. Uh, past that, you kind of I know Shondell and uh, Pat, Patrick Wisdom. You know they kind of had their kind of Cinderella uh, stories last season. But if we're gonna be honest, you know they're uh, they're on the wrong side of 25. Uh, these kind of players, yeah, they might have a few more good years, but you know, you're, it's not really the future. And I think Cubs fans know that, but uh, hopefully they can give us a good season. But you really, you really miss the days of having a infield of Bryant, Baez, Russell, and uh, Rizzo. You know, just having that infield of you know just these power hitters, uh, these young power hitters, and. And then you look at the depth chart now, it's kind of it's kind of a sad situation. So the signing of Correa would definitely uh, spark things a lot. Uh, I hope they can get him. Not that the roles they don't, obviously. I don't think signing Correa will push the Cubs to a serious playoff contender. They He might be able to push him to a wildcard position. But honestly, like I said, so a lot of holes in the Cubs uh, position player depth chart. Even more holes in their pitching staff, to be honest. I know they got Stroman. Great signing, by the way. I really like him so far. But Asher Stroman, you know, Hendricks. I love Kyle Hendricks. I, you know, you, you don't know if he's going to return to pre-2020 levels. You know, he's always, every year, I think, there's a little scare about his velocity. His velocity drops, and it's like, oh, my God, how low is too low, you know? And you never, like, you don't know if this is the moment where it's like, okay, like, his velocity's dropped under 85, and now, now it's, uh, you can't really be smart enough or be crafty enough to be anything more than a replacement level, replacement level starter. So, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong, but, uh, yeah, uh, pitching staff's not looking too hot, so if, if we can get Correa and... You know, get one more starter in the room. I know we got Wade Miley, but another starter would be good so we don't have to give Alc Mills uh, too many more starts. Um, and one of those young guys, uh, Adbert, maybe, uh, breaks out. You could look. You could be looking at a wildcard squad, but, <laughs> you know, this is very typical in a, uh, a rabbit fandom. If this happens and that happens and that happens, and then we'll be division winners, you know? Still unlikely, I know, but fan can hope, you know. Season starting in a month, we still have a month uh, left to hope. So, but yeah, um, thanks everyone for tuning in today. The first episode of Bear Market. Please subscribe, like, uh, I don't know um, how else to interact with it, but, and of course, if you have any feedback, we'll be happy to receive that. So, thank you.